0: Good morning, church. So good to be with you on this uh, Thanksgiving Sunday. Um, I believe the Lord has a good word for us this morning, and so I want to dive right in and do a quick review of what we talked about two weeks ago. If you remember, Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And we talked about how our words are very powerful That they can encourage or discourage. They can bless or curse. They can build up or tear down. They can make people's day better or make people's day worse. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now this morning I want to talk about a category of death words that is highly toxic but sometimes escapes our awareness. And this is the topic that I want to talk about this morning. Grumbling. Anyone grumble? Oh, only, uh, only me and uh, three of you. The rest of you are lying. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. We all grumble about many things, don't we? I want to take a look at what the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 2 beginning in verse 14 says. And this is uh, the Apostle Paul, and his, he is writing to this church in Philippi. And this is what he says. He says, Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. So that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God, without fault in a warped and crooked generation then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life and so the apostle paul here says do not grumble he says do everything not just some things but do everything all things without grumbling why because we are children of god And as children of God, we are to shine. We are to shine as lights in our generation. But we cannot be a light shining people if we are a grumbling people. And so the Apostle Paul says, do everything, do all things without grumbling. Do everything without grumbling. We grumble about many things. We grumble about the traffic we grumble about the weather we grumble about the economy we grumble about the government we grumble about school sometimes we grumble about homework we grumble about our spouse we grumble about our kids sometimes we even grumble about other people's spouse and other people's kids we grumble about everything we grumble about the server at the restaurant we grumble about the cashier at the store we grumble about that inconsiderate dude who is taking forever to pull out of that parking space that you are so, so patiently waiting for. Ah! We grumble about many things. And the Apostle Paul says, do everything without grumbling. You might be asking, so what's the big deal about grumbling? Grumbling. If you read through the Old Testament carefully, you will see that grumbling is a sin. And that grumbling can sometimes have very serious consequences. For example, let's take a look at Exodus chapter 15. So the people of God are in Egypt. They're slaves in Egypt. They're treated harshly in Egypt. And so they cry out to God, Oh God, please save us. And so God hears the cry of his people. And God sends Moses to deliver his people out of bondage, out of hard labor, out of slavery, out of Egypt. And so they experience and witness God perform some amazing miracles, plague after plague after plague, amazing miracles. And then they're on the brink of the Red Sea and the Egyptian army is in hot pursuit of them. And they're on the brink of the Red Sea and this this is the barrier that's before them. What do they do? Well, God parts the Red Sea and they walk as if they across the Red Sea as if they're walking on dry land. Amazing miracle. And then when they get to the other side of the Red Sea, the Egyptian army tries to walk across, and then the Red Sea like dumps all of its water on the Egyptian army, and they all perish. Amazing miracle. And you would think, "Wow, the people of God must be so in awe of the Lord." But not not many days after this miracle, you won't believe this, but they begin to grumble. Check this out. Matthew chapter 15, beginning in verse 22, it says this. It says, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in this desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. And then watch this carefully. It says, So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Now, I guess we should give them the benefit of the doubt, right? I mean, they've been in the desert for three days. I mean, I would be thirsty after three days, so maybe we should give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it's okay for them to grumble. Maybe this is just this one time. And so God miraculously provides water for them to drink. He turns that bitter water into sweet water. And so... The people of God, they are refreshed by this water. You would think that the people of God are appreciative and they're, uh, they're grateful and they're giving thanks and glorifying God. Right? Wrong. Nope. You see, here's the problem with grumbling. Grumbling begets more grumbling. Grumbling begets more grumbling. Take a look at what happens next. Exodus chapter 16, beginning in verse 1. It says this. The whole Israelite community set out from Elim and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai. And this was on the 15th day of the second month after they came out of Egypt. And watch this closely. It says, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. At least in Egypt, at least there, we had pots of meat that we sat around, and we ate all the food that we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert only to starve this entire assembly to death. They begin to grumble. You see what grumbling does? Grumbling poisons the heart. Grumbling corrupts and contaminates your thoughts. Grumbling pollutes your speech. No one is starving to death. They were slaves in Egypt. They were in bondage. They didn't sit around pots of big pots of beef stew. They didn't uh, eat all the buffet that they wanted. They were slaves in Egypt. But that's what grumbling does. And so, God, He's gracious. He's long suffering. He's very patient with us. He's very merciful. And so God provides his people with manna, with bread from heaven for them to eat. You think they're done with grumbling now? Absolutely not. You see, here's the problem with grumbling. Grumbling begets more grumbling. Take a look at what happens next. Let's take a look at what they grumble about next. Exodus chapter 17, beginning in verse 1. It says this. It says the whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses replied, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt only to make us and our children and our livestock die of thirst? No one is dying of thirst. Children are not dying of thirst. Their livestock is not dying of thirst. But that's what grumbling does. Grumbling poisons our hearts. Grumbling contaminates our thoughts. Grumbling pollutes our speech. But God is gracious and merciful and long-suffering. And so God provides water, miraculously provides water again for his people to drink. Surely they're done grumbling now, right? Wrong. And I can show you example after example of God's people grumbling and grumbling and complaining and quarreling and whining and murmuring. One more example. Let's move all the way to Numbers chapter 14. In Numbers chapter 14, the people of God are like literally at the outskirts of the promised land. Like literally at the outskirts of this promised land. Ready to enter the promised land. And then they send 12 spies. And these 12 spies go out. And they're supposed to recons and scout the land. And and of the 12, 10 come back. After 40 days, 10 of these spies come back. And they come back with a negative report. They come back grumbling and complaining. They say, oh guys, you know the occupants of that land, they're too strong, they're too big, they're too powerful. And they grumble about, Ah, we don't stand a chance against them. They grumble and complain. And in fact, their grumbling and complaining spreads like cancer throughout the entire camp. Take a look at what happens with their grumbling and complaining. It says this. Numbers 14, beginning in verse 1. That night, all the people... the community raised their voices and wept aloud all the israelites grumbled against moses and aaron and the whole assembly said to them if only we had died in egypt or if only we had died in this desert why is the lord bringing us into this land only to let us fall by the sword our wives And our children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And so they said to each other, Hey, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. See what grumbling does? It poisons the heart. It contaminates our thoughts. It makes us say some foolish things. And in this case, it poisons the heart of an entire nation. It contaminates the thoughts of an entire nation. It pollutes the speech of an entire nation. They're all grumbling. We should go back to Egypt God can take our grumbling but there comes a point when enough is enough listen to God's response You won't like this. It's in Numbers 14, beginning in verse 26. It says this The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long will this wicked community grumble against me? I have heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. So tell them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. In this desert, your bodies will fall. Every one of you, 20 years old or more, who was counted in the census and who has grumbled against me. Not one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. Grumbling is a spiritual problem with spiritual consequences. And in this case, tragically, an entire generation was not allowed to enter the promised land. The sin of grumbling can have some serious consequences. You see, grumbling is unbefitting for a child of God. We were not created to grumble. We were created to give thanks. Psalm 136 1 says this: it says, Give thanks, give thanks, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. We were not created to grumble, we were created to give thanks. If you are around me for some time, you, you know that I'm sometimes a grumbler. And so recently I thought, I'm going to challenge myself in this area. And so I made up this game for myself. I call it the five to one challenge. And so what happens is, if I find myself, when I like, I'll find myself grumbling, I'll just catch myself grumbling. And then I'll turn that grumbling into thanksgiving and I'll... Uh, I'll give thanks for five things. And so I've been doing that recently. Um, here's an example. Just yesterday, we were at the uh, drive through at McDonald's, and we're, just get, we're getting ready to go to the Ko'olina out, uh, Thanksgiving outreach. Thank you for all of you that went and uh, volunteered there. And so I forgot to uh, make my wife coffee uh, yesterday morning, and so I thought, okay, We'll go through drive through we'll grab a cup of coffee and so she, uh, we can be on our way. And so we're, we're behind this truck and, it's, and everything's moving rather smoothly. And then I order my large coffee and this truck in front of me is right at the payment cashier window and I'm right behind them. And I, I, I kid you not, one minute passes, two minute passes. And the lady behind me starts beeping and yelling, "Move your damn! Move your bleep truck!" And I'm like, "Whoa!" And, and I'm thinking, "Okay, this is a time," ta- and I'm ready to complain too. I mean, her grumbling is making me want to grumble, and I'm like, "Oh, grumbling is starting to come out." And so I'm like. Time to give thanks. And my wife is cracking up when I'm giving thanks. She's like, what are you doing? I'm, like, I'm giving thanks. And so I said, Lord, I thank you that I have a car. I thank you that I have AC. I thank you that there's a McDonald's with coffee that's already prepared. I thank you for the lady that's grumbling so I don't have to. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for that I get to use my credit card because I don't have any cash. Then I just keep on giving thanks. And my wife is cracking up. You see, we can actually turn our grumbling into thanksgiving. We are a people that were not created to grumble. We are a people that's created to give thanks. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Here's another one. The other day I was at Foodland. Only had two cashiers And I I don't like lines. Oh, and this line was both lines. Long line. I'm like, oh, no. And so I caught myself grumbling. And so I said, okay, time to give thanks. And so I just began to give thanks for crazy things. I was like... Lord, thank you that I don't have to grow my own potatoes. Lord, thank you that I don't have to raise a cow. Thank you, Lord, that I don't have to milk the cow. Lord, thank you for eggs so that I don't have to have chickens in my yard. Lord, thank you so much for a grocery store that is so convenient. And you know what? You'll begin to give thanks for things that you actually take for granted. But this morning, I was just starting to give thanks and I gave thanks for the clean water that comes out of my pipe. I gave thanks for toothpaste and my toothbrush. I gave thanks for floss. I gave thanks for a towel. I th- gave thanks for a, a roof over my head. I gave thanks that I had clothes to wear. I gave thanks for all the people that volunteered to help at Ko'olina. I just conti- started to give thanks. And you, uh, you do it. You try the five-to-one challenge. You will actually be surprised. And how many things that you are grateful for, that you take for granted. Try it this week. Five to one challenge. When you find yourself beginning to complain, catch yourself and says, I'm going to start to give thanks. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. We were not created to grumble. We were created to give thanks. Let us pray.